Okay, so we are looking at spiritual gifts at the moment. We're in this series, a seven-week series called Gifts to Go. And uh, we're talking about how these gifts help us in our mission to make new disciples. And Simon started us, started us off last week so brilliantly. If you've not had chance to catch up with Simon's talk, it's on the web. You really need to hear it. One of the most brilliant talks I've ever heard on the Holy Spirit and, and the baptism of the Spirit. Just thoroughly recommend that to you. He really blessed us with that. And he, he started off really by talking about who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and his need for us to be continually filled. And, and you know, it's, it's that, being continually filled, that makes disciples who change the world. You know, in the book of Acts, it says that these are the disciples that turned the world upside down. And, and the Holy Spirit is still doing that today. And so we need to be full of the Holy Spirit continually because we're called to be world changers. We're not called to come under the world. We're called to bring the kingdom of God and to change the world. And anybody up for that today? Just be full of the Holy Spirit. So this week we're going to be carrying on where Simon left off in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you'd just like to turn to that book, 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to work through verses 1 to 11. And I'm just going to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit. And and there's such a long list for us to discover. Uh, Anybody know how many gifts of the Spirit there are in the Bible? There's nine in Galatians. Yeah, there's some in Romans loads in Corinthians, there are at least 22 spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible, uh, and there are subsections of each gift as well, and there are kind of added ones thrown in that we don't really know, called serving, graces, just things that, it's almost like God doesn't want to be tied down, he gifts his people by the Holy Spirit, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, So in the New Testament, Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes this. He says in verse 1, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know, you were pagans. You were unbelievers once and you were influenced by all kinds of things, these mute idols in society. But I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say either, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. It's got to be a work of the Holy Spirit. And that's the first thing I want us to see, is that we're not to be ignorant of these things. You know, these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are not the same as natural gifts or talents, although they can complement one another. But these are spiritual gifts, and they run on the fuel of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be full all the time for them to operate. And as people of God, as children of God, uh, as child, uh, as ch- children of the King, as royal uh, deputies, we have the right to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's our inheritance. Uh, and so Jesus said to the disciples, He said, "Go into all the world." He said, "But wait, wait until you're full, and then go, and then you'll be my witnesses." You see, the disciples needed to wait, but we don't need to. Because the Holy Spirit has already been poured out. He's available to all of God's sons and daughters. And uh, so we have that right, that inheritance in Christ to be filled and then continually refilled. All we have to do is ask and it happens instantly. Instantly. You can ask right now, you know. Why don't you just try and say, Holy Spirit, will you just fill me again? 
And it's instant. Instant. Being refilled doesn't require lots of long soaking sessions and 45 minutes of worship, although this can help. It's instant. And sometimes it happens and there's a rush of power. I find this particularly if you lay hands on somebody, you can feel a rush of power as you pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or there can be an immediate peace. His presence comes immediately. Or his presence can make itself known just before we speak or just as we speak. But we say, Holy Spirit, fill me. And then we step out. Holy Spirit, fill me. And then we step out. We don't have to wait for the feelings. We don't have to wait for it. Sometimes there is that feeling, but we don't have to wait for it. The sensation or that feeling of being filled may or may not occur, but we don't have to wait. We can assume, we can step out and we can assume that he is with us. Why? Because Jesus says the Father will never refuse any of his children who ask. Never refuse. I'm sorry, it's not convenient right now. Can you come back later? And don't you hate it when you get those voicemail messages? Please leave a message. We might get back to you. You don't have to do that. It's instant. We ask and he fills. We ask and he fills and we step out. Whether the feeling is there, the sensation is there or not, he's with us. Jesus says the Father will never refuse. His anointing comes, you see, with the operation of our faith. And you find this increasingly as you mature, as you go on with God, that it seems like, I don't know why, but it seems like there are less sensations, but there's more operation. And it's as we step out that his anointing comes. As we step out, as we begin to speak in faith. Because that's how the gift works, by the operation of faith through the Holy Spirit. And of course, when you have an unbeliever standing in front of you, There's no time in that moment to wait on God, sing a couple of songs, or even lay hands on yourselves. You know, you just have to step out in faith and say, God, fill me right now. Quick, it's urgent, urgent request from Rob. I'm about to step out. You step out and he's with you. Amen? So you, so don't be ignorant. We need to be continually filled. And we don't have to work anything up. We just have to ask. You know, often we'll come and say, oh, I haven't been very good this week. You know, I've not spent much time with God. It's ridiculous. It's the wrong way around. Holy Spirit, fill me. And then he draws you into the presence of God. You find the anointing is there already. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't say, I haven't spent enough time with God this week. I'll say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Step out. And do you know what? You find your quiet time changes anyway. You want to be there. You want to be with him. You want to be in his presence. He says, I will never leave you. You might have had a busy week, but he says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. So start the day with it. Don't be ignorant. Don't think that you can do it on your own. Don't be ignorant. Say, Holy Spirit, will you fill me right now? Just as I wake up. When you get in the shower, say, Holy Spirit, will you flood me right now? As you eat your breakfast, Holy Spirit, will you fill me? As I eat, will I eat of you, of your presence? Holy Spirit, as I get in the car. Holy Spirit, as I drive to work. Holy Spirit, continually refilled. You don't need long, quiet times. They're great. You just need to be dependent. Holy Spirit, fill me. I need you. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit because I don't want to and I can't do it on my own. Amen? Be continually filled. 
And do you know, when you find that you're filled, you'll find that all kinds of gifts suddenly become available to you. Just because you're filled. Isn't that funny? If you don't have the fuel, the gift can't work. If you've got the fuel, all the gifts open up. So Paul says in verse 4, he says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work by the Holy Spirit. There's different kinds of gifts. You know, there are different kinds of gifts for different kinds of purpose. There are different kinds of gifts for different kinds of people given at different times to each one of us that make up the church. And so in another place, Paul describes the coming together of the church like this. He says, everyone, when they come together in the church, everyone's got a hymn. Everyone's got a word of instruction. Everyone's got a revelation. Everyone's got a tongue or an interpretation. And all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. Everyone has as we come together. There's a variety of gifts for a variety of contributions and a variety of different ways of bringing them. But there's this variety, and this gives us a picture of the spiritual atmosphere that every New Testament church is meant to have. Everyone. Everyone playing their part. Everyone making their contribution. Everyone participating so that everyone is built up. And everyone is strengthened through the church. Everyone. And often that variety, that variety of gifts is simply because we're all different. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes that variety is just because we are all different. And when God uses us, you know, we don't become machines or zombies or some kind of medium where, oh, it's not me, it's all God. For goodness sake. It wasn't that good. You know, you've heard that. It wasn't all me. It's some of me. You know, we have thoughts. We have personality. When God uses us, he uses us. He uses our voices. He uses our expressions. He chooses us because he wants an expression of his spirit through you, through your life experience, through your personality. He chooses you. He literally wants to use you just the way that you are. You don't have to do it like me. You don't have to do it like anybody else. You have to do it like you. And that means that when you prophesy, it'll be a bit different to how I prophesy. Or when you speak in tongues, it'll be different to the kind of languages I use. There's variety. There's difference in personality and people. How many people like being different to me? Amen. (laughs) But this is the picture that our gifts are multiplied as we come together. Indeed, it seems that there are as many gifts available to us when we come together as there are parts of the body. And I don't know how many parts of the body that there are. Because Paul goes on to describe in, later on in the chapter, he says, he says, when the church, he says, the church, he says, how can I describe the church? He says, the church, well, it's kind of like your body. It's like your body, it says, and the body, right, it's this unit, and, it, and it's made up of these multiple parts, many parts, and, through, and though all its parts are many, there's still one body, but that's what it's like with Christ. It's multiplied, but it's kind of one. Many, but one, variety, but the same. Some more hidden than others, but all working together for the proper functioning of the body. The church... 
It's amazing. It's multiple, multiple people, personalities, multiple nations, people groups, historical groups, future groups, all in one eternal body manifestation of Christ on the earth. When, when did you last get excited about church, you know? When did you last say, wow, the church, it's amazing. It's the body of Christ. Wow. Look, just look around. What an amazing group of people. We are the body of Christ. Look at us. Aren't we beautiful? Yeah? Woo. <laughs> Do you know there's so much variety? I, I, there's so much variety just in this room. So, much, so many different kinds of gifts and different expressions of gift. But let me tell you this, there's more. There's even more than you've seen so far. There is more to be experienced of God. There's more gifting to be unlocked in this church and through you for the sake of the whole world. There's more. He's the God of the more. <laughs> You've hardly begun. We've just started. There's so much more of him because he's such a big God. Whoo! There's more than tongues and prophecy, guys. Do you know, so many charismatic churches say they're charismatic. And oh, why? Because we have tongues and prophecy. There's so much more than that. I was talking to somebody a few years ago and I said, uh, so which gifts are you going for? She says, all of them. Yeah, come on. Let's go for all of them. So there is this variety of gifts and expression, but this, that's not a chaotic picture. There is a dynamic stability for the church in that too. So in verse 4, Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. So there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. There's multiple gifts and expressions, but there's a consistent revelation through them. See, these gifts are various manifestations of the Spirit, but they all demonstrate the unchanging faithfulness of God they all demonstrate it there's no shadow in his turning is there (laughs) you know he never changes there's no fluctuation in his love there's no diminishing of his power of his holiness of there's no changing in what he thinks or he says he doesn't love you less today than he did yesterday and he don't won't love you more tomorrow than he can love he he doesn't change there's no mood swings he doesn't have an off day as Bill Johnson says God is good all the time And he's in a good mood. And so whatever variations of gifts we see or experience, they all represent another aspect of what God is like. Do you realize that? When you use a spiritual gift, you are demonstrating what God is like. Because spiritual gifts are a manifestation of who he is. So when we see spiritual gifts in operation, when we experience them, we get another gift of what he's like. We get another gift of his father heart revealed through the Holy Spirit. So it's the same Lord who serves us in one way as, as the same God who works in us and through us in another. 
You know, the spirit who in one gift is manifested as wisdom. He brings understanding, direction and correction. Through this manifestation of God, we see the all-knowing, all-seeing God. It's like when we hear prophecy, it reveals his heart for us. We see that he cares about our lives. We see that he cares about the church, about his work in our lives. We experience his fatherhood when he speaks words of love and reassurance. Who needs that? I need to know what God is like today. That's what prophecy is about. When we hear different tongues, we're reminded that he's the God of the nations. (laughs) In multiple languages, multiple people groups. Through all nations, every tribe manifested through every language. He owns them all, you know. He owns all the nations, all the tribes, all the tongues. He owns them. He's the Lord of them all. And that's what we're reminded of when we hear the gift of tongues. We're hearing he's the God of all the nations. His international mission is highlighted through this gift. That's why he says they're a sign for the unbeliever. God's out to get you, nations, for himself. When the sick are healed, we have a foretaste of a day that is coming when there'll be no more sickness, no more suffering, no dying, no pain. And the victory that he's already won over death and sin is seen in the gift of healing. And all these are manifestation of the Spirit through the gifts, and they cry out to us, look what God is like. Look how beautiful he is. Look how he loves. Look how he cares. Look, he's got everything under his control. Look, he knows everything about you. And he loves you. So we must learn to use the gifts of the Spirit, not just in the church, but also with unbelievers. Because through them is a demonstration of what God is like. You know, they don't know how he loves. (laughs) We take it so for granted. Yes, he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. We sing it as we walk along. He loves me. He doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. Look how he loves us. They don't know how he cares, how he speaks, how he directs. You know, people out there, they they just don't have direction. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to make decisions. They don't know that there is a God who has a plan for our lives. And he's working it out. I think part of the problem is we forget what it's like to be an unbeliever. (coughs) Not to have anywhere to go. Not to have anyone to talk to about it. Oh God, remind us what it's like to be without you. The desperation of that place. The horror of that darkness. It's the same spirit revealed in us. Displayed for them. And the reason for this variety and yet this consistent revelation, Paul tells us, is for the common good. Verse 7 says, Now to each one is the manifestation of the Spirit given for the common good. And this phrase, the common good, means for the common good of the church and for the world of unbelievers who need the revelation of the Father. It's very broad. It's for everybody's good. That's why these gifts are given to you. For everybody's good. So there's to build up the church and strengthen them. But it's so that we can go out and do the same wherever we are. Because these gifts are for the common good of everyone. 
And then Paul goes on to highlight these gifts that are for the common good. He says in verses 8 to 10, let me just read that. To each one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. So how do you get these gifts? Oh, by the Holy Spirit. It's just in case we've forgotten. You know, it's every single phrase here by the same spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, still to another by the the interpretation of tongues by the Holy Spirit, so we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And these are gifts for the common good, for the common good, for everybody to use, for everybody to bless and reach out to everybody. So I just want to take you reasonably quickly uh, through each of these spiritual gifts and talk about how you can use these gifts for the common good, for the common good of the church and to help us in our mission to unbelievers. You see, all of these gifts are transferable. We can use them in the church, we can use them in, at work on Monday. Um, especially, uh, but of course, this, I, I don't even need to say this, I'm sure, to people like you, but if you're going to use them in the workplace you don't need to use religious language or jargon. So, so we need to find other ways of using these spiritual gifts. I'm going to touch on that a bit as well. So first of all, then, the message or the word of wisdom. And in the church context, a word of wisdom can come through the teaching. I hope so. Um, or it can come through the good advice of our friends in the coffee, in the coffee queue. Uh, and, and often when people want help or support pastorally, it's wisdom that they want for their situation. They say, oh, I need some wisdom. Can, can, can we talk? I need a bit of wisdom in this. And of course, there's a difference between good advice and the spiritual gift of wisdom. Advice can come from our own experience or things that we've picked up along the way. And that's great. And it's good to have people with that kind of wisdom amongst us. But the gift, the spiritual gift of wisdom comes so that we're able to speak about things that we have no knowledge of and no experience at all. Anybody? Anybody got no knowledge or experience of some stuff? You need the gift of wisdom. And and that can be given you in a moment when you have no idea what to do. Have you ever experienced that? So I was uh, in my workplace for 20 years. I was in, in law, in a law firm there. And on one particular occasion, there was a... Um, a negligence action against the firm and uh, my boss who I respected, loved and admired greatly uh, ordered me to lie about it he said we've got to avoid this liability I'm ordering you to lie okay, um, so how do you get out of that? it's kind of I'll sack you or you lie You know, I'll, I'll blame you, I'll make it bad for you or you lie, how are you going to get out of that Holy Spirit I need the gift of wisdom right now will you give me the gift of wisdom and without me ever having thought this thought before I suddenly said to him yeah but do you know what if I do that if I lie for you how do you know I'm not going to lie to you in the future, how do you know? I mean, you trust me completely at the moment, but you know, if I lie for you and you know that I lie, how are you ever going to trust me in the future? My word is my bond. And he just looked at me and said, oh. So I said, I can't lie for you then, can I? Because otherwise I'll undermine that trust. He said, you're absolutely right. Do whatever you can. Try and get us out of this situation. 
I said, well, I'm just going to go and tell the truth. I'm going to tell the client, I'm sorry, we've completely messed up. I won't even blame you. We've completely messed up. You have a negligence action here. And I'm going to trust God. I think I actually said I'm going to trust God for the outcome. He says, okay, whatever. So I went and did it, told the client all about it, and the client said, well, that's just so refreshing, such honesty. I really appreciate that. That's amazing. Thank you. That's absolutely fine. I'm sure we can get around that. That's not a problem. And, you know, I can trust you because you've said that. We won the client even more through the gift of wisdom. You need wisdom. You need wisdom in your circumstances, wisdom in your situation. You can ask of God who gives to all liberally and instantly without reproach. Don't wait for the feeling. You ask for wisdom and step out. And you'll find that there's wisdom there within your grasp. Amen? Gift of wisdom. Message of knowledge or the word of knowledge. And there's some debate about this gift, especially about its use in the church. Uh, Some say it's supernatural knowledge about other people or that it's supernatural revelation of biblical truth. I actually think it's both. Uh, But bottom line, what it means, the word of knowledge, is that you know something supernaturally, supernaturally that you couldn't possibly have known naturally. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So whatever it is, if you know it's supernaturally, not naturally, that's the word of knowledge. And I found this, that often interactions with unbelievers start with the word of knowledge. Somehow it's the the doorway gift uh, for unbelievers. It's like a signpost that alerts us to something that God wants us to do. Something has got our attention, someone, sorry, has got our attention. We feel drawn to them for, for no apparent reason. We don't know why. We just can't stop looking at them or thinking, I've got to speak to them. Um, or it's something about their expression of their face or the way that they're sitting. But it's just like an invitation. And uh, I suggest that when that happens, that, that is an opportunity to engage, to move closer, to ask a question. To feel your way into it, test it, test test it. Are they open to you? <laughs> Are they a person of peace? Um, I, we were in Stratford-upon-Avon a little while ago, and we went to, uh, I think it was a Burger King or something like that, and this was happening to me. It's really annoying. I'm trying to eat my dinner. I can't take my eyes off this couple, this young couple. I have to, oh, you know. And so Alison and the kids say, okay, we're going. Thanks. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go and try and talk to them. So I just went up and talked to them. I said, uh, um, hi, um, this seems a bit odd, but I'm just feeling like um, you've been through a really hard time recently and you just needed a bit of encouragement. And uh, so is that true? Does that fit with you? And they said, yeah, yeah, we have actually. How did you know that? I said, well, actually, I'm a Christian. I just felt like God put you on my heart. I just wanted to come and share with you some encouragement. Is that okay? And I just brought what I had. And they both looked like I was an alien, and they didn't understand. And so I just said, so, um, okay, thanks. And I just walked out. <laughs> you know, because not always. They, they don't know how to assume the position. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay, just minister to that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, God. They don't know how to do that. And, and so you just drop a bomb, and you leave it. 
unless something else happens and, and it's obvious that it's time to take action. But test it. Just ask questions. Use simple language. Sorry to bother you, but for some reason you've caught my attention. I'm just wondering, does this mean anything to you? I was in the petrol station down in Alton uh, recently and I was filling up my car and I was just sort of looking around. I could see the, the girl behind the cash desk, a, a Muslim lady, uh, in, in full garb, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, ask her about her mum. Her mum's ill at the moment. I said, oh Lord, I can't do that. It's a Muslim lady on her own. There's nobody else around. It's night. I don't want to freak her out. I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> so I just kept up filling up the petrol and uh, finished. Oh, won't let me go on this going to have to do something well lord if you want me to do something you're going to have to bring somebody else along so i'm not on my own with a muslim girl it's not right there's social things you know holy spirit do you know this <laughs> and just out of nowhere a man appears and walks straight into the kiosk uh, but um i decide still it's not enough of a sign go in pay for my petrol i'm going out the man's still in the shop. I'm going out, getting back into my car, thinking, well, I'm quite busy anyway, and I need to get back. And Holy Spirit said, hmm. <laughs> okay, then. So I get out of my car, take the keys out of the ignition, go back in. The man's still that. Goodness knows what he's even doing. And I went up. And I said, look, I'm sorry. This, this is really seems a bit strange, but I just can't, you know, it feels like God's trying to say something. And I found Muslims are very, very open, actually. Which I feel like God wants to say something to you. You can use that kind of language. And she said, oh, yeah, what, what's that? I said, well, he said, tells me that your grandma is ill at the moment and that you're really worried about her. And she filled up with tears immediately. She said, yeah, I'm really worried. And, well, the Holy Spirit says, she's going to be okay. You don't need to worry. He's got it in hand. She just smiled and thanked me through her tears. And that was it. Just left. I've never seen her again since. Never been back to that petrol station. I've avoided it. Um, But listen, they can just come like that. Just a word of knowledge. Just be full of the Holy Spirit. He'll just speak to you when you're filling up petrol. Oftentimes, Alison, she gets this, that she's in a shop, and the Holy Spirit just says, I want you to pay for their shopping. I've had a word with her about it. It's getting expensive, but I'm joking. But just those promptings, and as you respond to the promptings, God gives you more. That's the thing. As he he trusts you with these promptings, he gives you more, and it's really fun and scary. Uh, And then next is the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is amazing. It can often come suddenly. Um, some, one minute you've not got it and the next minute you've got this gift of faith for something or for someone and it can either be short term you have the gift for a period of time for a particular situation or it can be long term it can be for I'm going to start a church or I'm going to start this ministry or I'm going to start this business or whatever you can have a long term gift of faith and it's inexplicable the bank manager can't understand it and all that kind of thing but you know you've got something it's something that you can hold up and say I know I've got this for this it's a gift of faith it says in Hebrews that faith is the title deed that's the literal meaning faith is the substance of things hoped for you've actually got something tangible that you can hold on to and doesn't matter what anybody else says you know you've got it That's what the gift of faith feels like. So anybody need the gift of faith for something right now? 
You know, there's a situation in your life, a situation in your family or in your workplace. I say, God, I need a gift of faith. Well, how do you get that? Does anybody need that right now? There's one or two people needing a gift of faith. So what do we do about that? We ask for it. So why don't you? So if you just put your hand up for a second again, and if a few people could just put their hand on them because the Holy Spirit can be communicated through one another, we can minister to one another. And we just say, Holy Spirit, we ask you for the gift of faith for this circumstance, for this project, for this business. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we need something from you. I need something for you for this next phase, for this next part of this ministry, Lord, for this next part of bringing your kingdom wherever I go. Unlock it right now. Will you give it to me? Holy Spirit, sorry I forgot to ask you for it, but I need it. I need it right now. I need it from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh man, I just want to encourage you to, to just do that. When you say, I lack something, just ask for it. God gives to all liberally, but you have to ask. Gift of healing. And again, this can either be short term or long term. It can be for a particular medical condi- condition. Uh, although sometimes you don't know that you've got the gift of healing until you try it. You know, I got a bit fed up um, about a month ago. Tom couldn't lead worship anymore because he broke his collarbone. I said, look, can't you just stand there with a mic and sing at least? Somebody else can play. You know, I'm that kind of pastoral. And uh, and uh, surely you don't have to cancel meetings. She said, so you're in a bit of pain. What? You know, just take medic- medicine. And, he said, and I was convinced he'd actually broken his collarbone. He really was ill. So out of frustration, I put my hand on him and said, in the name of Jesus, Be healed. And he was. <laughs> he gets a new bone and everything. Absolute agony all afternoon. That serves him right, probably, for playing football. But I'm just joking, Tom. You know I love you. Um, but you don't even know you've got it sometimes. And sometimes the motivation for healing can be strange or unusual. And it's just a, just a sense of, this isn't right. This is unjust. This is wrong. This is spiritual attack. I'm not having it. Sometimes that's how the gift of healing comes. It's okay to be indignant about oppression. Yeah? Any indignant people here right now? Oh, man. Uh, and in my experience, I found that it's often easier to uh, pray for unbelievers for healing. Shock, horror. I don't really know why it is, especially Muslims I've found. I found it really easy to pray for Muslims for healing because they really believe that Jesus heals people. What about that? Strange. Uh, they really believe that he's a healer. And, and if you read the Gospels, you'll see that time and time again, kingdom breakthrough starts with demonstrations in, power, in the power of healing with unbelievers. And I've come to see that praying for Christians for healing is a bit like going to the gym. Um, It's hard work, but it helps you build up muscle for the kingdom. (laughs) So don't hold back from praying for for believers. That's where it starts. That's our training ground. That's our gym. That's our workout. We learn how to pray for healing. Because do you know what? It's not as straightforward as we think it is because we're complex beings. Now, how how often I went to see somebody years ago, uh, he had this mysterious illness, and the Holy Spirit told me before I went, ask ask him about patterns of sin in his life. He's brought this on himself. Now, what is that? 
And I said, Lord, is there a verse about that? <laughs> he says, yes, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another and you will be healed. Okay, so I've got to get this man to confess his sins to me, pray for him and he'll be healed. And do you know what? He was in a sin area, he was on the verge of immorality, he'd not quite gone that far, but he was thinking about it, deciding about it, brought him back from the brink, he confessed his sin, he made himself accountable, I prayed for him, he was instantly healed. Just by repentance. Did you know that repentance can heal some people? Oh my goodness, coming out some excitement here. Um, but perhaps you can notice that somebody's limping or there's some pain uh, as you're going around the supermarket, whatever. Just say, look, can I, can I do it? Like, I'm a Christian, can I just pray for you? I've often seen Jesus heal people, say that in faith if you haven't, um, or heard about it, or seen other people do it, whatever. Uh, and people hardly ever say no. That's what I've discovered. They hardly ever say no, don't pray for me. Because... I don't know why it is. People inside think, well, what have I got to lose? It's worth a try. I'm in pain. If it goes, great. If it doesn't, I haven't lost anything. Give it a try. Thank you, Jesus. And just when you pray, you don't need to pray for half an hour and do a long ministry time. Just say, thank you, Lord, uh, for this opportunity to pray for so-and-so. Make your presence known to them. End of prayer. Don't pray any more than that. And then just speak to the sickness, speak to the pain, speak to the disability, like Darren and I did. We were in Mel Square once as a disabled man, and we said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he literally did. And then he was so freaked out, he walked, and he kept walking, and never came back, and we never saw him again. We prayed for an unbeliever. Again, Darren and I, there must be some kind of thing going on here. We're praying for an unbeliever uh, on the Alpha course, and this lady had a hernia membrane that was exposed. It was popping out of her side, and she was told that she couldn't have any other operation. She had to live with it because she'd had, I don't know, about 10 operations and hadn't been able to fix it. And I said, well, Jesus can fix it. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I want a new hernia membrane now. And that's all we prayed, and we saw the, the, the lump disappear in, go in, and then she came back to Alpha next year, next week, and every week, because she said, Jesus healed me, how can I ignore him? I am healed, I've had no problems, no problems at all. She became a Christian, she's part of the church, now another church. Just come on, say, be healed. And I noticed when we did some words of knowledge a couple of weeks ago, that some of us are a bit nervous about how do we pray, how do we do this. Just keep the prayer short. Say, Holy Spirit, come, and then speak to the sickness. Maybe we'll try that in a bit, yeah? Just try that out a bit. Yeah, there's loads of excitement about that. So, (laughs) just speak to the illness, speak to the pain. In the name of Jesus, go. And that you're done. Okay. Um, sometimes I think we pray too long, you see. I think we're trying to convince God. We don't need to do that. We just need to exercise authority. And if they don't get healed, it's okay. It's not my responsibility. I've just done what God's told me to do, is to heal the sick. He doesn't say pray for the sick. He says heal the sick. And then the results are up to him. We're too results-orientated. And this isn't in my notes, but I feel God's on this. We're too results-orientated to speak to the sickness and leave it to God. 
And, and I know there's pastoral stuff about, oh no, they're going to feel really bad now. You've got to leave that to God as well. You've got to trust God. We've got to trust God with these things. Amen? So the gift of miraculous powers. How about that one? Anybody used that one recently? Well, do you know, I just want to explain that a bit to you. It's things like Holy Spirit come and the atmosphere changes. That's a gift of miraculous powers. Holy Spirit come, we manifest your presence amongst us. Do you know what aspect of the manifestation of God's presence was amongst us this morning? What was it? I mean, did you feel like you were going to burst at points during the worship? You felt I was going to burst. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what's going on. I want to cry. I want to laugh. I want to shout. I want to clap. Anybody feel like that? Anybody? Yeah? That was the glory of God. That's what happens when God's glory comes. His manifest power, his manifest presence in power, that's his glory. That's what it feels like. And it came this morning. And in that place, anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. And as we learn how to stay in that place, as we sustain that place of the glory of God, the last two encounter meetings we've had, we've not been able to close the meeting because the glory of God has come and we've just sat there in awe. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to close this. I don't know what to say. That's the glory of God. And it can come at any time. He got me on the bus once. And I couldn't get off the bus. And I went into Birmingham and out of Birmingham and around Birmingham. I just could not move. His glory just came and he sat on me and I was late for work and everything. It can come any time. Holy Spirit, come. Manifest your glory. That's why I was praying, Lord, get some of these people on the bus, but he got me. Last year, uh, we had a worship evening, and uh, during the during the worship, uh, there was a cloud that came from one side of the room to the other, right for the whole length of the room. And I saw it, and Angela Cam saw it, and other people saw and experienced different things because we all experience these things in different ways. But it was like a, a cloud of His presence. Some people could smell a fragrance. In the room, some people saw angels, but it was the manifest glory of God in power. Miraculous powers. Um, I've experienced it several times. I mean, what about weather systems? Anybody? Anybody tried doing stuff with the weather? Elijah did, and that was the Old Testament. He said, it's not going to rain today. And uh, for a, a series of years, I went and did a... I don't know what time it is. It's no t- we've got to finish. Went and did a conference in South Africa with Julian Adams. And before we went, God said, you're going to get the miracles of Duma. And now that meant something to me. It's basically a man who was used in, in miracles and particularly uh, weather things would happen as he as he ministered. It would rain, it would thunder and stuff like that in Africa. And we were going to his area. And he says, you're going to get the miracles of Duma this time. And the whole time we were ministering, it rained so much, it put the power station out in South Africa. And uh, the, the light went out and all this kind of thing. And then several times after that, when I traveled and ministered, it would rain. Phenomenal rain. It happened in, this happened in France every time we've gone, even in the summer. And it flooded out one of the campsites. 
where it wasn't great, and they said they're not going to invite me anymore, but they do keep just a manifestation of his presence. It can be like that. That's glorious powers. What's your expectation? Um, for some, for some of us, I don't want to make this too high and, and sort of amazing or you know out of reach. It is so straightforward. It can be when you enter your office at work, the atmosphere will change because you're there. You know, you go in and you feel that negative, heavy atmosphere. No more. You're there, and you carry His presence, and you speak to that atmosphere. I'm not coming under that. So what if the boss is grumpy? That changes right now because I'm here. Amen? Anyway, run out of time. Let me just go to the last bit. There's loads more here. How do you get these things? How do you get them? How do you get more gifts? You ask. Verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he likes. What makes him choose you? Me, 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 choose me, choose me. Have you ever seen Shrek and Donkey? Pick me, pick me, pick me. And it talks about that, John Wimber describes that verse in the sort of picture language that there is there. He says it's, it's like the dancing hand of God is over the church, you know, at those crucial times. When, so, for example, when somebody brings a tongue, the hand starts dancing. Who's going to bring the interpretation? Ah, him, he's ready. And then it comes to him, the dancing hand of God. Pick me, just as he determines. Because God doesn't use perfect people, he uses willing people. Any perfect people here, he doesn't use you. Any willing people here, he uses you. He doesn't use perfect people, he uses willing people. Um, He distributes them just as he determines. And even today, God's spirit is hovering over us. His hand is dancing over us as a church. Not just here in this building. There's a phenomenal anointing on us as a church at the moment to go out. And to take it wherever we go. His hand is on us. And we've gone way over time now, so I haven't got time to do a ministry time or anything. But can we just stand really quickly? And if if you're asking God today for... um, an anointing for spiritual gifts and say, Lord, maybe I just need to say, here I am. Maybe you just need to say that. Say, Lord, just as he determines, make it be me. I want you to use me to change the world. And maybe you're not even a Christian yet and you're saying, actually, I want that. The world needs changing. Well, have a go at praying and asking him anyway. And just say, Lord, will you give me spiritual gifts? Will you give me the Holy Spirit? Will you fill me again? And Lord, will you use me? If that's you, just put your hands out. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit. See, the picture, do you like the picture? It's a gift. And, and that's the picture I've had for this series. That he, It's like he's offering gifts to us as a body of Christ to take out from here. But it starts in here. We learn how to use these gifts in here. We learn how they work in here, but we take them out there. Holy Spirit, I just ask you, let your glory fall. Lord, let your power come on us right now. I ask you, Father, will you give multiple gifts of tongues to different people right now? 
perhaps even people that haven't spoken in tongues yet, will you give them the gift of tongues so that they can pray in multiple languages and demonstrate your heart for the nations? There's international anointing for some people. You're going to get multiple tongues because God's called you to be involved in the nations. If you've got a heart for the nations, just ask yourself, Lord, will you give me multiple tongues? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you for an upgrade in prophetic anointing amongst us. I ask you for the gift of prophecy that it will go from outside of the walls. Lord, I pray for prophecy in the workplace. And I went to my boss once and I says, I've got a gut feeling that the, that guy's trying to split the firm. He says, I've learned to trust your so-called gut feelings. I'll look into it. That was how I prophesied. Lord, will you give us such wisdom in how to communicate prophetic words in the workplace and with unbelievers? And Lord, I ask you for the words of knowledge, words of knowledge, multiple words of knowledge. It's just, I was just telling those stories. You're kind of saying, I want to do that. I want to experience that. It's yours. In Jesus' name, receive that gift. But it will disrupt your life. It will disrupt your timetable. But that's okay because it's the kingdom of God. Part of you agreeing to do that, saying, God, it's okay for you to disrupt my program. It's okay for you to make me late today. I'll trust you about that. Holy Spirit, it's okay for you to interrupt my plans. Lord, I ask you for the gifts of words and knowledge. Not to amaze people, but to reveal Christ to them. Father God, thank you, Holy Spirit. I just receive the gift. Whatever it is you're asking for, say, Lord, I receive that. Thank you for it. Take it by faith. Thank you for that. And now just start to step out in it. And maybe you could just grab somebody near you and say, can I practice on you? I've just asked God for the word of prophecy, for the gifts of prophecy. Can I just bring a prophetic word? I've not done this before. Is it okay to try it out on you? That's what the church is for. We can try things out. Or is there anybody sick that would like us to try out the gift of healing on? It's just, okay, there's a lady here who would like you to come and try out the gift of healing. Okay, so if there's a few people who'd like to try that gift out, just come now and quickly just gather around this lady. There you go, there's one. Let's have a few more. I remember what I said, don't pray long prayers, just speak to the illness. Or maybe you want to try out the gift of tongues. <laughs> well, why don't you get with somebody? We've got five minutes, maybe. Get with somebody and say, I'm going to pray in tongues. You see if you can interpret just try that. Just a bit. We're going to do activation in future weeks, but I just feel like there's anointing on us right now to step into some stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.